You are listening to a sermon from Mission Point St. John. We hope this message encourages a deeper connection between you and Jesus, our Savior. this morning to have with us brother and sister Pio and one of their children they have but their children's all grown now so it's um, it's, a, it's amazing how time progresses and brother and sister Pio uh, have been friends of ours for a number of years they were part of this church a number of years ago and worked with our multicultural ministries and brother Pio at our all nation Sunday that just happened a few weeks ago 37 flags came across this church, front of this church. So it's absolutely awesome what God's doing, and you got to be part of that a number of years ago. And they've been friends of ours, and they have a wonderful family, and they are going to the mission field. And they're going to French Polynesia, and uh, French Polynesia needs a missionary. And we're so thankful that they're with us this morning, and uh, uh, we're going to be blessed by their ministry and we're going to be blessed by their burden, and they're going to share it with us this morning. So, Brother and Sister Pio, thank you for being with us today, and uh, your family, and the rest of your family that's scattered abroad, but working for the Lord, I thank, I thank God for it. Amen. Brother Pio, would you come and minister this morning? Would you make him welcome today as he ministers the word of the Lord and shares their burden for French Polynesia? Amen. Amen. I'm going to invite my wife to come up and greet you folks. Amen. We have quite a few friends here, people that we know. We're so thankful to be among you and also amongst all the new ones here. Amen. God bless you all. It's a privilege and an honor to be here in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, everyone. Praise the Lord, everyone. It's good to be with you all uh, this morning. And uh, I see a, a few Filipino here. Purihin ng Dios, mga kapatid. Praise the Lord, my brothers and sisters. That's what I just said. Praise God. Um, first of all, I'd like to thank um, Pastor and Sister Carter for allowing us to be here to share our burdens to friends, Polynesia. And um, truly, God is good. Amen? You believe that this morning? And uh, I'm so thankful for the life that he gave for each and every one of us. He died on the cross for each and every one of us. And that is why we're doing what we're doing. And a lot of people say, why you move here and there? Because we're doing what God wants us to do. We just want to be his vessel for his glory, for his kingdom. Because he's coming very, very soon. Amen. We want to share the hope that we have. Amen. We want the hope that we have for him, for this uh, world today. You know what's going on in our world today. But I, uh, in John 14, verse 6 says, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And that's what we want to share to those that are lost in our world today. And that's why we're going to France, Polynesia. It's because we, there's souls over there that need the word of God. There's souls over there that need the truth. There's souls over there that need the hope that we have. Amen. Amen. And uh, pray for us as we uh, 
go on our journey uh, to France, Polynesia. As uh, Pastor Carter says, we have four boys. Uh, brother, I gave a picture so that you can see. They're all grown up, as you can see. Uh, some of you uh, know them. They were babies. And uh, over here is Nathan and his wife, Anel. They're the youth pastor in Belleville Church, uh, Ontario. And Samuel, beside David, uh, he's helping his brother there too. And uh, it's so funny last night because his first time to do the devotion. And we prayed with him and he was so nervous. And we, I encourage him that you can do it. Everyone can do it. Amen. As we're willing for him. And then Christopher is also helping Brother Brent Calhoun and Barry in, in the church over there. So I'm just so thankful that before we go to the fire and field, that God ordered the steps of our boys to work for his kingdom, for his glory. Amen. Because there's nothing more heartbeat as a mom, knowing that your children serving the word of God, serving the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And that's our heartbeat this morning. And I'm so thankful that you're allowing us to share our burdens to friends Polynesia. Keep us in your prayers because, you know, we're going there that there's nobody. Nobody knows us. We're just going to go fly there and look for a place to live. We don't know anyone. There's no church, no missionaries there. So we covet your prayer because prayer, more power, uh, pr more pay, prayer, more power. No prayer, no power. So we covet your prayer, church, this morning. And keep us in your prayer as we travel from church to church. Keep our boys in your prayer. David is with us, and I'm just so thankful that he's able to travel with us. We always travel together, but as you can see, they're all grown up. So they cannot travel with us. But I'm just so thankful that they're serving God. God bless you this morning. Amen. Yes, it's an honor to be with you. And thank you, Pastor and Sister Carter, for inviting us to come. You know, it's one thing when you show up at a church and you don't know nobody. But it's something special when you know and you're at a friend's place. Amen. It just makes it that much more nicer. And so we thank you for the opportunity to come. Amen. French Polynesia is, first people ask this, where is it? It's about six hours by plane south of Hawaii. And so it's in between uh, Australia and um, South America. It's just a little dot in the ocean. It's a, made up of a bunch of little islands, and it still belongs to France. And so the main language there is French. And so uh, they had asked us, Brother Varnell had asked us when I was in Montreal at the time, my wife and I, to go 30 years ago. And uh, we said no at the time. And I had Brother and Sister Wicked up at our church in Elliot Lake, Ontario. And I asked, who's, who's in French Polynesia? You know, it's been 30 years. I thought, surely somebody must be there. And only to be informed that nobody had still gone. And so that touched us, and well, here we are today on the road and heading out there. They want us there by May, and uh, although they've never had a missionary, amen, I do believe God has a church there. You know, uh, it's awesome to hear you had 37 different nationalities. You know, on the day of Pentecost, and we like to read the first four verses, but the fifth verse says that there was uh, devout men in Jerusalem out of every nation 
under the sun. Amen was represented. And you know, hysterically wise, they say there were some maybe 70 different countries and 70 different languages spoken uh, in the world at that time. And later on, we read in Acts that they turned the world upside down. They reached their world, you know, in trying to get the gospel. But our world is so much bigger now. We have over 200 countries. We have over 7,000 languages spoken in the world. We, the church, have a job to do, and we're so thankful, amen, that you are supporting us. And, you know, how do you know that there's going to be a church in, in Tahiti? Uh, Tahiti is one of the islands there. And how do you know? Well, when you go to Revelation 7 and 9, it tells us around the throne of God, there's going to be people out of every nation and every tongue. So I've got that promise to hold on to, amen, between now and then, that God's got a church there. Oh, it's not going to be easy going, but I do, and I am claiming his promise that there is a church, and no matter what the, is involved, the work that's involved, uh, uh, we're going in God's will and in God's timing. You know, I can look back over my life over the last 30 years and uh, the works that we've done and working in French and whatnot and starting a Bible school and everything like that. God's used it all, you know, as a training ground, amen, to get us there to the people there of French Polynesia, and so continue to pray for them in Jesus' name. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your prayers in Jesus' name. But as we stand this morning, we're going to go into the Word of God because God's Word is important this morning. In Exodus chapter 2, verse 23, 24, It says, and it came to pass in the process of time. Man, God's got his timing set down. Not ours, but his. That the king of Egypt died and the children of Israel sighed by reason of the bondage. And they cried and their cry came up unto God by reason of the bondage. God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. Amen. You know, sometimes when we come into the house of the Lord, you know, I sometimes believe there's three different types of people that come to church also. And I want to hit on each one of those, amen, so that hopefully we can help somebody here today, because it's not God's will that any be bound. Right. Jesus said, you know what, I've come to set the captive free, right. amen, and I'm so thankful for what Jesus has done for each and every one of us in Jesus' name. You may be seated this morning. Uh, you know, I, I do believe if somebody was physically tied up here this morning and set up here on the altar, we'd all want to go and up, help them, untie them or something, because it's just not natural to be, see somebody bound up. Something within each and every one of us would want to get involved somehow and, and, and try to help them out because somebody tied them. They didn't get into that position by themselves. Somebody, something happened to them, and I believe that we are made in such a way that we want to help that person. And uh, in a spiritual sense, though, this morning, there are those that are bound also, and the Lord would have them set free. Amen. That's 
what he came to do is to set the captive free or even set you free this morning. And so the first type of person I'd like to talk about is the bound sinner this morning. You know, you see the children of Israel, we know the story when uh, there was because of famine and whatnot, and Joseph was sold into slavery. Now the brothers were coming to get the food and, and to feed their families. And the Pharaoh said, bring your whole family. Amen. We'll take care of you. And he put them in the land of Goshen and, and everything was going so well. And until Pharaoh died, who didn't know Joseph and years had gone by. And so now, you know, the new Pharaoh came on and we know that he looked and said, well, these are getting strong people. And he enslaved them because he was scared of them. And so they were now bound and living in a home that wasn't their promised land. And, and so they had worked now for some 400 years. And every one of those years, they would cry out to God, free us. We want to be set free. This is not what we thought it was going to be. It's sort of like a backslider who, who goes goes back out into the world and realizes after a while, you know what, this isn't what I had anticipated, but they're bound by things of this world now because of going to where they thought it would help them. And, and many over the years had made the same cry of, God, set us free, send a deliverer. But, you know, unbeknownst to them, that change was coming. Uh, things didn't feel any different for them uh, at that time, but change was coming. Change was in the air, but they weren't aware of it spiritually speaking and and the devil you know he loves to try to paint a beautiful picture all the time just making the other side look so good and and you look at advertisements and they make everything look good but they don't show you what's going to happen down the road how what is seemingly so innocent can now amen have you bound instead of you in control it's in control of your life and and the children of Israel that started out all right in Egypt they had started out fine it, I mean they were starving back where they came from and so to come into a land where now they had plenty to eat I mean that was just night and day and, and it gave them a false sense of security and and they didn't really you know bother to get back you know it didn't come to the point where you know we should head back home now the famine's over you know they should have stopped to think but when things are going so well at a place that you think, you know, this is better than where I was. But God had already, the famine was over there for years. And they always had the chance to return, and yet they stayed. And the thing that once saved them, now held them, had them bound. And so we need to be careful that. They, they had their liberty in the beginning, enjoyed it for many years. But then the new Pharaoh came and didn't recognize the Lord or even knew Joseph, and he bound them up. And, you know, you only have to go back 30 or 40 years when church was a big part of people's lives, but not anymore. Unfortunately, churches of all denominations are closing their doors, but I'm happy to see, you know, the United Pentecostal Church is continuing to grow in this day and age. You only have to look around. We're not shutting the doors down, even during the COVID and everything like that. God was still blessing the church, amen, that put God first, amen. You'll never go wrong by putting the Lord first in your life. But I still believe there's a people who are crying out for God for deliverance, recognizing that the way that they're living isn't how it should be. You know, no happiness or joy in their lives anymore. You know, where once people had morals, uh, it, it slowly disappeared. And, and we see that with our country nowadays. And, and it's just sad to see. And, and so we need to 
you know what, keep as close as we can to God and His Word like never before. Amen. You know, where people once had their morals, that's all gone. The enemy of the soul now tries to offer things to people to make them feel joy and happiness. But problem is, it will never last. It is just for a season, just for a moment of happiness. You know, whether it's drugs or alcohol, take it, feel good. You know, you can feel that you're in control in the beginning. But really, in the end, you know, ask the alcoholic who, you know what, uh, it just takes one drink to get back on the road, amen, of alcoholism again. And so we need to be careful. There's things in this world that want to have you bound. And so I do believe that there's people here in St. John and surrounding areas, people who want to be set free, amen, who are tired of being bound by the things of this world that look so cool in the beginning, but now have a grip on their life, amen, and that God wants to set them free, amen. Children of Israel in their bondage turn to God in their, for their help, amen. We need to realize that our help cometh from the Lord, amen. Look onto the hills from whence cometh your help, amen. Jesus is here to help each and every one of us, and God heard them. Amen. And we know the story of Moses and how God dealt with him and, and sent him to set his people free. Amen. To bring them back into the promised land. Amen. It's sad to see that, you know, uh, but even on that journey, they had to wander for 40 years in the desert, you know, just because of disobedience and, and not believing and trusting God to continue. He had just taken them out of Egypt, led them across the, the sea and, and took away the enemy. And now, you know what, saying, oh, I don't think we can do it. I don't, you know, it's just not within us. God had already been doing so much for them. Amen. Don't give up on God this morning. He will see you through. Amen. The world had them captive and they arrived at the point where they realized, amen, their predicament and they wanted out. Amen. We got to come like the prodigal son to a point of time where we come to ourselves and is this really the life that I want? Amen. Or do I want to live for Jesus? Amen. Do I want to go back? Amen. To the church. Amen. Do I want to go back to the way things were? Amen. When I served God. And, and it's a point that each and every one of us, uh, you know, uh, that have, those that have left the Lord have to come to and realize, you know, I got to get back to where I belong crying out for God in the night, and amen, perhaps they're here this morning or listening online, amen, fed up with the feeling of not being at liberty, amen, tired of being bound. It seems that things sometimes get worse and worse, no rest and no peace. Let me tell you, God has heard the cry, amen, and he wants to deliver you out of the bondage and set you free. Amen. Jesus, you know, the old song, Jesus can set the sinner free. Amen. People, you know what, I believe are tired of being bound. Amen. By the things of this world. Amen. And it might not feel like changes in the air, but when you, amen, kneel down at an altar, there's no telling what God can do. Amen. It was just one day, amen, Moses showed up out of the blue and said, you know what, it's time, Pharaoh, for you to let my people go. Amen. And God delivered them. And we thank God for the rest of the story there. Amen. But the bound sinner, let me tell you, Jesus can set you free. This is what he came for. You know, another type of bound person today is the bound saint. You know, it doesn't seem natural to say a bound saint. Amen. But I'm telling you this morning, you know, you know we've been saved and no longer living in Egypt. Sad to say we're all still human. 
And sometimes we come down with spiritual sickness, so to speak. It can affect us to the point of killing us spiritually. It isn't the same things that had us bound before. You know, we have wonderful testimonies of, of what the Lord has delivered people from. And they're here today. People can get up and talk about the goodness of God and what he's brought you out of. And, and we thank and we worship God for that. You know, we left an old life behind. And other things, have, though, have crept up in our lives and can bind us anew. You know, John 11 and 3 tells us the story of Lazarus. Amen. And the Bible says, Therefore his sister sent unto him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom thou lovest is sick. Amen. Let's just establish first that the Lord knew who Lazarus was. He was a good friend of his. Uh, you know, I'd almost consider him a saint. He, he, you know what, knew who Jesus was. Jesus knew who he was. Aren't you glad you know who Jesus was? And you know that Jesus know who you are this morning? Amen. And so Jesus loved him like a brother. And, and they had a relationship. And, and Lazarus had gotten sick. And his sisters were worried over him. It, it, we could see him slowly slipping away from us. You know, it wasn't overnight, but gradually, you know what? Lazarus was fading from this world. And uh, they tried intervention. Lord, you know what? Lazarus sick. You need to come now. You need to do something now in his life, amen, to heal him of the sickness that's been on him. You know, sometimes when a saint backslides, it, it's a slow process over time. And they, they sort of like, you know, get a spiritual sickness, so to speak, and, and they try to fight it off but sometimes they just don't get the victory others are there trying to help them also and and we send and we pray for jesus to do something intervene and and lord we want you to do something and we always have what we want them to do also in the back of our mind we need it done this way and that way knowing that you know as long as lazarus is still sick there's still a chance for him as long as he's still alive, there's always a chance that God can do something for him. You know, that's why we need to pray one for the other. Amen. It's not just, you know, something we go through just for the sense of, of praying one for another. But you don't know what kind of battle the one beside you is facing. Because facing, we always like to put on like everything's okay, that everything is... I can only think of hunky-dory. And so I'll just say everything's hunky-dory. And... uh I have no idea why that came into my mind. Show my age? I don't know. Young people are looking at me, what's hunky-dory? <laughs> Amen. Well, we like to put on a facade sometimes. To say that, you know, we don't want anybody to know that there's turmoil, sickness, things happening. We're slipping away from God getting weaker and weaker in our walk with him, slowly fading out, and people are starting to notice you, you don't go to prayer anymore. You, you only show up one service. You're not getting involved. And, and slowly we could see the pattern of somebody slipping away. God intervened. But Lazarus died. And they bury him. They wrap them in those, the cloths and they put a stone across the grave. Sit around for days telling each wonderful stories. Remember when he was amongst us. Such a great person, but now he's dead. 
Don't ever get into the place where you think that somebody who's backslidden, gone out into the world, they're finished. They've gone too far. They did. Remember when they used to come here? And we could tell the stories of how good it was. But we give up that they can't be anything for God now because they're gone. They wrapped him up, and they put a stone over his tomb. You know, when Jesus showed up, both Mary and Martha tell the Lord, if you had have intervened, if you had have come when we thought you should have been here, he'd still be with us. He wouldn't have backslid. He wouldn't have gone into the world because the Lord didn't work according to their thinking and in their timing, but in his process. Amen. They thought Lazarus was a write-off. Don't give up on your unsaved loved ones or children. Don't ever get to the point where it's a lost cause. God can still intervene. You know, you may have that loved one, used to be in the church, has left and you've questioned God. You think you know how everything should work out. And that's how you want God to work. And so because sometimes the Lord hasn't worked according to our pattern and our timing, you know, we've taken that loved one, buried them, put the stone across the grave and thrown away the key, so to speak, because we think it's hopeless. And Jesus at this time in their life, after four days now, they're, you know, it's over for Lazarus. He shows up. They think it's too late. They tell him, no, it's too late for you to do anything. You should have been here four days ago. Jesus asked him, take me to where you buried him. Take me to that grave site. Take me to the point where you thought there's no more hope. They had prayed, you know, Israelites for 400 years. And what seemed like a day just like any other, that's when God showed up. You'd think after 400 years they'd stop praying, but they never did give up. Thank God for people, you know what, who wants a change in their life. Even after 400 years, kept on praying. Sad to see the saints who gave up on God doing anything because four days passed. God, you should have been here four days ago. You can't move now. You know, in order to see the saints set free, it's up to us to do the work. You see, Jesus asked, take me to the place where he is. Where did you lie him? And so between Lazarus and the others now, there's a stone that had been set in place by his loved ones, blocking Lazarus from them. And Jesus was moved to tears. And up to this point, the people had followed along with Jesus and Jesus had been making statements that Lazarus would rise again and, and he was trying to build up their faith in him. It was fine with the folks until it came time for Jesus to ask them to do something else. Understand, he's before the tomb. He's crying, crowd around him. They thought he's just grieving. You know, he's going to give up on him too. In the midst of all that, Jesus says, why don't you roll away the stone that you put there? Jesus could have, you know, however magically moved it over, freaked them out even more. He says, no, why don't you move the stone that you put in that place? Sometimes we've got work to do. Take away that unbelief that, you know what, God can do something here. 
But in order for God to do something, we've got to move the stones of unbelief that we put into place. He says, why don't you move that stone away? They wanted to see their brother alive and amongst them. But to watch their reaction when the Lord asked them to move the stone in verse 39. He says, take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him that was dead, who would want to see him alive the most, said unto him, Lord, no, this time he stinks. He's been dead four days. But God, we don't want him amongst us. He stinks. He's only been gone for four days. And there's already no hope. And he stinks. We don't want that smell perforating our presence. I don't mind when I come into church and I can smell alcohol and cigarette smoke and all of that because that tells me God's working in somebody's life. Somebody's hungry for God. Amen. Don't ever discount that. Turn your nose up. Take away that stone. Amen. God's doing a work in somebody's life, but sometimes we get in the way. Lord, he stinks. He's been away from us. He's been contaminated. We can't have him amongst us. And Lord, you want to have the saint back. Uh, He got sick. He backslid. He stinks. We don't want him to affect us or children or anything. Gone too long for you to be able to do anything now. Four days ago, they thought Jesus could heal them. Four days ago, they knew that Jesus rose people from the dead. But in their circumstances, when it comes to touching us personally, We've got that, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief, you know, kind of an attitude. But in order for God to work sometimes and to set the saint that is bound free, it's us in the church who have some work to do. Sometimes we've got to put our thinking aside when it makes no sense to listen to the Lord, put our prejudices aside. We sometimes think we have the right to put up our noses about those who backslid and have come back to the church. Jesus told them, it doesn't matter what you think. Just take away the stone. Amen. You have some stones to take away in order for God to move in a miraculous way. And so they take that stone away, amen, that they had put in place. Amen. I'm so glad it's not over yet. It wasn't Mary or Martha that called for Lazarus to come forth out of his grave. You know, sometimes no amount of talking to a backslider is going to change their mind. Why don't you just let Jesus do his work? We could take the stones of unbelief out of the way, amen, allow God to do his work now. Amen, we'll do our part, God will do his. Amen, I could tell you, amen, the Lord called to him. Amen, Lazarus, come forth. Amen, and out of that, amen, came Lazarus, still bound, hopping out of the grave, alive amongst them, but still bound. Really not much good. Great to have you here, but as long as he's bound, he can't really do much. I mean, God has brought him, given him another chance, but he's still a bound saint now. But until we remove the stones we put into place... Amen. And then the Lord turned to them and says, why don't you unwrap them now? I've done my part. You've got to set them free. You've got to undo what you bound him with. Amen. You've got that stone away now. Amen. Set him free. Amen. God doing that will work. I'm so glad that he still sets the captive free. Amen. Amen.
Luke 5 and 17. Third one I want to talk about that's bound amongst us sometimes. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching, Jesus was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Same story, Luke, Matthew thirteen fifty eight. And he did not many works, mighty works there because of their unbelief. We might have the bound sinner. We might have the bound saint. But sometimes I wonder if we have the bound Savior here amongst us sometimes. Where God can't do the work that he wants to do because we don't allow it. Amen. Both those things that we read, the power of God hasn't changed. It's how we approach it and how we let it work amongst us. Amen. That makes the difference. You know, sometimes it's the Lord that's bound in a service. Sometimes we have a lot of people sitting by and we just don't recognize the power that's there and present when Jesus is in the place because he's here this morning. The power of the Lord was present, amen, in that scripture we read, to heal everybody in that place. They came from everywhere, and the power of God was there to do a mighty work. Can you imagine? The problem was there's too many sitting by when the Lord is around. They were just sitting by, sitting around, not getting involved, not becoming, you know what, entrenched in it, not becoming involved in it, in what God was doing. You know, the power of the Lord was present. Amen. Problem is, too many sitting around. Now, how many times have we been listening to teaching and preaching and atmosphere is just charged up and Jesus is right there ready to do a work and we just sit down and do nothing or altar call is given and the, the, the normal ones come up and, you know, others just sit by watching. When God wants to do something in every one of our lives. Or just the fact that you got up. Maybe God's going to work in somebody else's life because nobody's sitting by. Everybody's getting involved. Amen. So the Spirit of God can flow amongst us. We need that in this day and age. Amen. For many, you know, it's sometimes unbelief uh, that binds the Lord and He can't do anything. God can't change my circumstances. God can't heal me. God can't do this. And that type of negativity will cause the Lord from doing anything. Thing, because that's the prevailing spirit. God is there and he wants to heal. God is there and he, he wants to set free, but because he's bound by the attitude that prevails. We need, amen, liberty in the house of God. If you don't believe that God can heal you, then he won't because we bind him with our thinking. There'll always be a certain amount of unbelief in our hearts, but like the story, you know, because we're human, like that man who had his son, uh, and, and he went to the, uh, uh, the disciples, they couldn't do, and they brought him to Jesus, and the Lord said, do you believe? He said, yes, Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. I, I read the word of God, and I've heard the stories, and I know God can, but God, if you will help me with mine unbelief. Amen. It's not, God didn't tell him, you need to get rid of that before I can do something. It was just willing. Lord, I believe, I read your scriptures, but I'm willing now to, you to help me with mine unbelief. Amen. I'm just willing. I, 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 it's not gone yet, but I do believe that you can do it. And just give me some help with that unbelief side of me. And, and, and God delivered his son because of that simple prayer. 
Amen. I believe, Lord, but help my unbelief. Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Just, just use me. Take me. Amen. Do work on me. Amen. We might have that unbelief, but we need to take that step of faith and allow the Lord to work this morning. You know, the Lord appreciated his honesty and, and delivered his son and set him free. And, and, and that would just build up the faith in him. That unbelief went way low after that. Amen. Because he had seen, he had believed. Amen. And unbelief. But the belief went higher and higher. The more you allow God to have his liberty amen, amongst us and working amongst us. I just wonder what can happen here today if we let the Savior free, amen, if we say, God, have your way today. I'm going to get involved. I, you know, I've got this and I've got that. And, and I, one side of me says, yes, you can. And one side says, no, but you know what, God, I, I'm just going to put it into your hand and I'm going to get involved in worship and I am going to not sit back. I just want to get into the flow of the Spirit. I, I'm not willing to just sit by anymore. I want to get up and walk by faith. Amen. And this is what God can do for us this morning. Amen. The bound sinner, those that are sick of living that type of way of life, you're in the right place. Jesus can set the captive free. It's why he came and you're in the right place. And if you'll just come, amen, and worship him. Amen. Allow him to do a work in your life. You're a backslider. Amen. Get back to where you need to be. Amen. Saints, amen. Set them free. Remove the stones of unbelief. Allow God to work and do his work. And, and you to do your work, amen, in allowing God, amen, to do his work, amen. Don't turn up your nose or anything like that against them. They're still, amen, God's child. And we need to make sure that God has a liberty here this morning. Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information, connect with us on our website at missionpoint.ca. God bless you.